Welcome to Plans Are Booked, a podcast for every reader. I'm Molly Geller. Stephanie Blackburn. And I'm Caitlin Madison. So welcome back. We're recording this the Sunday after Thanksgiving, so everyone's got a little bit of the vacation blues, I think. At least I do. Um, And the three of us were not together over Thanksgiving, but we reconvened today. Um, and I came from Cape Cod directly to this podcast recording because my parents live there half the year. So I, um, had a friend who's getting divorced come to Thanksgiving this year. It was just the four of us. And then my brother and his wife came on Friday. Got to catch up with a couple of friends that live down there. Um, got to do the whole Thanksgiving Eve bar scene. Honestly, there were bartenders at the bar we went to who were taking music requests. I think the manager was just like not there that night because also at one point he like handed me the bottle to pour my own wine and I gave myself like a triple pour. Um, and they were like dancing their little booties off. It was hysterical. It was so funny. So that was a really fun Thanksgiving Eve. And then cooked up a storm, did one trillion dishes. Um, we just like kept cooking throughout the week. It was like, we'll reheat this and then add this meat because there isn't enough from the meal before or whatever. So there was a lot of that. And then I went to two stores for Black Friday that were boutiques. And then I went to four more stores on Saturday for Shop Small. And I did a bunch of gift shopping. And I got a couple things for myself because that always happens. Two for you, one for me. And it was lovely and crisp. And the buble was flowing. In every store I went to, I got to listen to Michael Buble, which I will never, ever complain about. And then I drove home from the Cape and blasted the Holly station on XM Radio. Shout out to XM Radio. Sponsor us. Okay, thanks. Bye. Um, If you've been following my Instagram, then you know that Nemo comes to stay with me every Thanksgiving week. And you also know who Nemo is if you follow my Instagram. Um, he has been part of my life for over a decade. He's here right now while we're recording. He's a very good boy. And my cat Huckleberry is obsessed is a very mild term. She would like to crawl inside his skin and live there. Um, so we've had a very cozy Thanksgiving week together. Um, and I did see Molly on Thanksgiving because I picked her up from the airport. Um, so not the nicest of homecomings, I'm sure, but I was Glad to see her on the holiday. Um, I've just been reading, honestly, watching a lot of K-dramas and reading all week. I had a bit of a calamity this Thanksgiving. Um, I had taken the week off of work the whole week, and so I flew down to Miami where my parents and sister and brother-in-law and grandma live. The intention was to be there for seven days. I got uh, there on a Saturday. I was there until Wednesday evening when I got an extremely panicked call from my cousins who were watching Scout, my dog, to say that he was super sick. They were feeling like he might have to go to the vet. So without boring everybody with the details, he was indeed 
quite sick. He did go to the ER vet, and I changed my flight and flew home on Thanksgiving Day. So I didn't get to do the meal with my family in Florida or in Boston. My aunt wound up making me sort of a leftover plate when I arrived to her house to pick up Scout. Um, and then I spent Thursday night, Friday, Saturday here in Massachusetts, which is kind of a nice segue to Caitlin mentioned this a little bit, but we're big small business Saturday people around here, particularly when it comes to independently owned bookstores. Um, I went to two on Saturday, Park Street Books in Medfield, Mass. For those who have been there, I went with my niece uh, and we definitely stimulated the economy of Medfield at Park Street Books and a couple other places. Um, and then Steph and I went together to Belmont Books, which you all have heard us mention several times. Um, and we each picked up probably more books than we should have, but that's how it goes every time. Um, so yeah, a bit of a curveball of a Thanksgiving, but a very good small biz Saturday and lots of books galore coming home with everyone. The Cape, unfortunately, is not known for small bookstores other than used bookstores. So I actually didn't make it to a bookstore on Small Business Saturday, which is a little bit of a bummer. Um, but Steph and I did make plans to see the Ballad of Snake Snong Birds. What is it called? <laughs> it's called, I don't know, I'm so old. The Ballad of the Songbird and Snake. Something along those lines. It's a prequel for <laughs> for the Hunger Games. I don't know what the hell it's called. I didn't even know the book existed. Steph and I went to see, was it Barbie? Was it a preview before Barbie? I think we, when we went to see Barbie, there was a preview for this prequel Hunger Games movie. And the lead actress in it was the lead in um, West Side Story. So Rachel I, Ziegler. Yeah, she's really good. And she, um, I really like her. And also it's like about the first Hunger Games and like how it became such like a cultural phenomenon in the society of Panem. And I looked at Steph and I was like, did we miss a book? And she's like, yeah, I didn't read that. And then when I got home, I looked it up. And it came out in 2020. And I think we all were just like such a shit show in 2020 that like it totally passed me by. And I I also stopped teaching in 2020. So like my students definitely would have been like, oh, my God, Miss Madison, have you read it? And like I didn't have that going on at that point in my life. So I'm breaking one of my own rules and I'm seeing this movie without reading the book. And I feel weird about stuff. Do you feel weird about it? I just rewatched this week with Nemo um, all four Hunger Games. Did he movies. enjoy it also? Or? He did. <laughs> he volunteered his tribute. Um, I do feel a little weird that I haven't read it because I feel like you never get every single thing that's in a book translated into a movie. Um, so maybe I'll go back after the fact and read it. Fun fact, I never watched the final movie because I hated the final book with a fiery passion. I don't really know how to respond to that. I just want to say that it's um, if you hated the book, then it's good you didn't watch the final movie since they broke it up into two, which annoyed the F out of me. That's what they did with Harry Potter, too. But it had to be done because the Battle of Hogwarts and Twilight did deserve its own. I'm going to refrain on that, but the Battle of Hogwarts deserved its own film. So... That's how I see it. As previously discussed, re-Twilight. Since I am Team Jacob, I did not mind having a fourth occasion to go and see additional time. 
Yeah, and he hasn't really been in that much since. No, that's true. So glad you he got the screen time and you got to enjoy that. Um, okay, so this episode we are going to be discussing the happy holidays stuff. Okay, so we're going to talk about books that we like to gift. Um, I also like to be gifted books. I've already screenshotted a bunch and sent it to my sister and said, any of these or all of these, please give them to me. Um, Smart. She needs guidance. She does. (laughs) And then after we came back from the bookstore on Saturday, she said, did you buy any of them? And I was like, no, I refrained. Please gift them all to me. But did you buy any books? Oh, yeah, of course. Just different ones. What You didn't even tell me what you bought. Oh, um, I well, know what I'm, Molly bought. I think she posted it. I bought two holiday books, which I'll discuss later in Ooh. the episode. Ooh. Um, for me, a must give to any pet parent, pet adjacent person is Garth Stein's The Art of Racing in the Rain. Um, I never saw the movie because I did not want to. The book was perfection on its own. And no offense to Milo Ventimiglia, but I didn't want him to ruin it for me um i had this image in my head i just didn't want it tainted at all that movie is garbage oh okay good (laughs) i watched it with my mom because steph lent her copy to my mother and my mom then wanted to see the movie and we both were like what a stinker this was can i tell you i this book came on my radar because um my old coworker tree who was very or is very into nascar had handed it to me and said it's about car racing and a dog. And I immediately was like, no, thank you. And I think she had to prod for a while. And I'm so glad I gave it a chance because the book is written from the dog's perspective and it's everything. Um, prepare for tears, I would say, but it's still a very good gift. I was going to say high cry factor on this one. Yeah. Um, the second book I want to talk about is a book that I don't even remember how this came on my radar. Um, but recently there's a person in my life who I'm not going to name, who's of a generation who, when she comes to visit me, I shouldn't have said she, well, anyways, um, she has questions about what she hears about kids transitioning. And I have to correct her every time because I think, unfortunately, some of the people around her are misinformed horribly. This book is called This Is How It Always Is. It's by Lori Frankel, um, and it is a Reese book club. Um, have I made both of you read this? Yes, and my mom borrowed it and knew it was yours and was like, oh, and I think she kind of read it close to Art of Racing in the Rain, to be honest with you. She was <laughs> like, oh, my God, Steph's really hooking me up with the books. I have not read it. Oh, I'm going to hand it to you right now. It should go Thank into you. your file. Um, it's about a parent whose young child is in the process of transitioning and all the difficulties that come with that around kid, other kid interactions, other parental interactions. It's a beautifully written book. Um, I would gift it to people in the hopes that maybe it opens their minds a little bit. Um, especially if they're parents that are kind of struggling with understanding that. Um, And then my third recommendation is, oh God, um, Carla Cornejo Villa Vicencio. I'm so sorry. Molly, do it for crying out loud. Molly, help her. This book is (laughs) 
Carla Conejo Villavicencio, the undocumented Americans. So sorry. Apologies. This is our translator, Molly Galler. <laughs> Bienvenidos. That plans are booked. Um, this book is a quick read. I also would gift it to anyone who likes to think of themselves as um, being political, or maybe they need to be a little bit more political. It's like a female warrior kind of book. It is beautifully written. It's very short. Um, it's heartbreaking. It's eye-opening. It's a necessary. I feel like this should be taught in schools, if I'm being completely honest. You loaned me this book, and... I think you had said to me in advance, I think this should be taught in schools. And as I was reading it, I thought this is the most honest and raw and like shakes you to the core account of what it's really like to try to live in the States, build a life for yourself, but also be considered to be here illegally. And it humanizes that process in a way that I hadn't read before, not in any journalistic reporting or in other books. If you're worried about Will this make me feel guilty? Yes, it will. And you should. You should understand that we live in a country that perpetuates a system that makes it hard for people to reach safety and financial security. And she shares it in such a way that you feel very connected to all of the people that she profiles and also her experience of having to absorb all the things that they're sharing and what that feels like to go to bed at night knowing all of those things. It's a really good one. Um Okay, well, I read, I've read all three of her books to gift. I feel so proud of myself. Um, okay, so my books are not probably going to change anybody's mind about anything. I didn't get the memo that that was the <laughs> angle that we were going for, but it's okay. Um, so the first book that I like to gift, and this is like a, you could give it to a one-year-old or an 80-year-old kind of book. Um, it's called The Poet's Dog by Patricia McLaughlin, which people might remember Patricia McLaughlin from Sarah Plain and Tall when they were kids. Um, but this book is really, really beautiful. It takes place during the winter. These two kids, I'm not going to give anything away, but they end up out on their own in a cabin in the woods. And this dog comes to their rescue and they've never been able to communicate with animals before, but there's something like magical about this dog. And this dog helps them survive this really bad situation. And there's a lot of like mystical aspects to it. And like the boy and the girl and the dog like have these like really deep philosophical conversations with each other. And it's just like, I didn't want it to end. I read it in one sitting, which I never do. I just couldn't stop flipping the page. It was so, so good. Um, and it really makes you think about life and what's important and your relationships with other people and who you can rely on. And it's really, really good. So um, The Poet's Dog, Patricia McLaughlin. Um, the other uh, kind of younger reader book, I guess, there's two that I like to gift when somebody is like having a baby and they're um they're trying to like establish a library for their kid. Um two of my favorite books growing up were Corduroy and The Mitten. So I don't actually know who Corduroy is written by, but it's about a stuffed animal bear with green overalls and he gets left behind and has a whole journey to get back to his owner. And there's moments where you feel really worried that he's going to be lost forever and then it's like this big you know kind of homeward bound 
ending that I really, really liked as a kid. And that was always like a book that I would bring to preschool to like when my mom was the parent helper, she would like read that book to the class. And then the other one that I really like, The Mitten, which is by Jan Brett. She's a really cool author, especially if you are reading the book to younger people, because she does borders on all of her artwork that lead into future pages. It's like visual foreshadowing. And so this mitten gets lost and all these winter animals like band together to like get it back to its owner. But then along the way, they're like using it for their own warmth and the mitten stretches in all these ways. And if you look at the like, she she takes the artwork and she basically paints a frame around it so that it looks like it's in a wooden frame, even though it's in a book. And there's all this stuff going on outside of the frame that, like, if you pay attention to, it really adds up. So that's a really cool book to, like, have kids, like, oh, what are you seeing on the edges? Like, what do you think that means? Why would she put that there? Um, And so that's a really cool, like, conversation starter with kids. Um, And then I had another book. and Oh, and then the last one is probably my favorite book of all time. I don't know if I've made Steph or Molly read it. Because I have lost so many copies of this book, and every time I see it in a store, I just buy it again. It's called Last Days of Summer by Steve Kluger. It's an epistolary novel, meaning it's told all in letters and um, uh, telegrams, because it takes place right before World War II starts. Never read this book. (laughs) It's because I always lose my copies. People just never give it back to me. Um, So it's about a real whippersnapper of a boy (laughs) he lives with his grandmother and his mom and he is jewish and he is obsessed with the brooklyn dodgers and he starts writing letters to the this baseball player named charlie banks and they forge this friendship because this kid is like really needing a father figure and he's getting into trouble at school but he's getting in trouble at school because he's so smart that like he's like a smart Alec and like is like getting in trouble for that reason. And like the mom and the grandmother kind of don't know what to do with him because he just kind of runs amok. His best friend whose name I don't know because he calls him the green Hornet (laughs) throughout the entire book. They have one of those tin can on the line telephones that they talk to each other. And there's like a side storyline where the green Hornets family, um, is forced into, um, a camp for Asian people um, because it's the 1940s and everything was garbage. And so there's like a storyline with that. And then um, Charlie ends up like having to go to war and there's a storyline with that. And like, you just see it all through this like 13 year old boys whole thing. He's getting ready for his bar mitzvah. It's just like, it's like, everybody's like, Oh, it looks like a baseball book. And I'm like, this is not a baseball book. And I gave it to one of my colleagues probably five or six years ago at this point and this guy's like 30 years old and a dude and he was like um you didn't warn me that at one point i would be straight up bawling during this book and i was like um yes it's a wonderful book it makes you feel a lot of different things and laugh out loud um and it goes by really fast because it's all letters and telegrams and like his report cards and like any other kind of documentation you can think of that would happen for this kid like is in the book and it's it's really awesome so those are my four 
So far, we have the recurring theme of dogs and crying. So people are in the mood for those things. Also, I want to, you were talking about corduroy. You didn't say anything about the fact that he's in a department store, which is like the best part of that book. I said it was a journey. Okay. Well, he's in a journey in a department store for those who like shopping and think that the youngster they will give it to will grow up to like shopping. Also, when you said it's a novel, the last one you just spoke about, you said it's letters. And before you continued to say like correspondence, I was like, like letters of words? I literally had the same thought. I was like, Caitlin. Letters and telegrams. Okay. Now I understand, but it took me a second. Um, That's what epistolary means. I'm learning that just now while we're recording. Um, okay. My list is a bit all over the map, but I wanted to start with books for kids. I have a ton of kids in my life and I'm constantly looking for good things to pass on. Um, it is well documented here on the podcast that food and dining out is, uh, are some of my biggest passions. And there's this book that I love called My Foodie ABC, definitely for an early age youngster, probably three and under. It's a board book. And as you would imagine by the title, it's the alphabet where it's like A is for this, B is for this. And every single letter is for something food related. It's like B is for bento box, F is for farmer's market. It's just very fun. The illustrations are awesome. There are all kinds of different foods from all around the world. Um, It's just a great one. And I've seen it in a lot of independent bookstores. um, So you can definitely get it in a store. It is also available on Amazon, but shop local first if you can. It makes my heart really happy that you know the term board book. Oh, yes. That's like a teacher term. Way to go. Thank you. Um, In the kid category, I also love the Andrea Beattie books, which are like Iggy Peck Architect, Ada Twist Scientist. There are a series of books all about different careers. And all of the kids who grow up interested in these professions are all different cultures, all different genders, all different races. It's just beautifully done. So if you have a kid in your life who has a particular interest that you want to nurture, these are good books. I was thinking about books that either I have read or have been gifted to me that sort of like charged up a period of transition. I talked about in our very first episode, one of my favorite books of all time is Shonda Rhimes' book called The Year of Yes. I have gifted that book to people before they're going to move to a new city, before they start a new job. It's just like a great, I believe in you kind of gift. And similarly, I love this book of poems by a writer named Kate Bear called What Kind of Woman. She exploded on Instagram probably four or five years ago. These poems are about everything from confidence and self-esteem to motherhood and all kinds of women-related issues, but it's just very empowering. Her writing is so beautiful. She went on to write a second book, where she took the hate mail she received via Instagram, erased some of the words, and then wrote new poems just with the words that were left. She's brilliant. But that first collection, What Kind of Woman, is so beautiful and makes a great gift. And the cover is beautiful, has this gorgeous floral design, so you can't go wrong there. And of course, you knew I was going to have some romance recommendations, obviously. The first romance book I ever read was called The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. It's the first of all of her books. I think it's one of the best. It has a very fun red cover. If you are trying to get someone into the genre of reading, I think it's like a great first-time romance book. I also love The Unhoneymooners, which Steph loaned me her copy when I originally read it. It's the first Christina Lauren book that I ever read. It's just goofy. It's funny. It's steamy. It's all the things. Um, Didn't we read that um, when we went to L.A.? At any moment she had, she just sat down and read the entire trip. Steph was like, please put that down and talk to me. (laughs) 
why are you still reading this book? Um, so that's my short list. A few things for the kids, a few things for people who might be in kind of like a transition mode of life and need like a little boost. Um, and then a couple of books if you're just looking for something fun. Are we going to get into what we've been reading recently? Because Molly's on a tear. I am on a tear. I- I'm happy to start. On our last episode, we talked about we went to see Lauren Graham in person and she was marvelous and we bought a copy of her book called have i told you this already um and i was the first of the three of us to start the reading binge and i finished it pretty quickly i'm so glad that we saw her in person because i could really hear her voice while i was reading it and it made it so much more enjoyable i think if you haven't had a chance to experience her kind of in her natural habitat it's very rambly. There's a lot of tangents, but I think in person it was very charming and she seemed just very real. And that comes through in the book. And she writes about everything from her early days in acting to her relationships with her parents to dating situations. Um, we'll dig into it more once all of us have read it, but I think um, it's a great quick read and really just sounds like her in the best way. I think that's kind of the highest compliment you can give to someone who you actually know. Um, and I also raced through one that Caitlin loaned to me called Better Than the Movies by Lynn Painter, which is about two neighbors who have sort of a enemies to lovers arc, which is my favorite. Um, I was obsessed with this book. Like I knew you would love it. To the point where I was like 50 pages in and I was like, am I going to give this five stars on Goodreads? Because it feels like I might. It just... It was pure joy. I love rom-coms in the movie form. And this is sort of like an author who obviously has that same inclination, but used that to punctuate all the moments of the, of their story. And I just think everybody should read this. It's pure joy. That's how I would describe it. Lynn Painter has two other books out and I own one of them. So once I read it, I will pass it along to you. I believe it's called... Uh, shoot the do-over or the no not the do-over i can see the cover i'll get back to you anyway if you're in for if you're looking for something lighthearted, something fun something that moves quickly this is it very good holiday season read also very sort of like joyful funny hopeful um i hope it becomes a movie i mean i know it's called better than the movies but i hope it does become one. next i guess so after reading Fourth Wing and then Iron Flame, is that what it's called? Um, I wanted to see what else Rebecca Yaros has written because she's apparently written a bunch of books. So I ordered from my besties at Belmont Books um, in the likely event, which Caitlin, you will love because it is a then and now story. <laughs> but and what it's- made it the author of what made it tolerable for me is that the beginning of each chapter says the date and the location so i could thank god (laughs) figure out where we were in the story so this starts off with um oh gosh i can't even remember izzy is 18 she is heading into her first year of college and um she gets on a plane and sits next to nate who is 19 and headed off to um army training um and within moments of takeoff the plane crashes (laughs) okay and he basically pulls her out and gets her to shore and then in present day or in the future whichever it is um 
He's now been in the military for a long time. He's in special forces and he has a bunch of new, um, I think they're like congressional aides that are coming to do basically like BS stuff like photo ops and whatever. And she steps off the plane as one of the aides and he hasn't seen her in three years. And we don't know why they have not spoken, but something big has happened. Um, and their, you know, weaving of stories past to present was fully enjoyable. Um, there is a little bit of sauce, if that's what you're looking for. Um, and it's very different from Fourth Wing. I'll, although I will say there's a lot of action. So maybe it's not so different from Fourth Wing. There's no dragons. Makes sense because she has a military spouse. Yes. But that was lovely. Um, so I'll be passing that on to whichever of you wants to read that. And then ye- yesterday, did we just go to the bookstore yesterday? Yesterday I bought two holiday books. Um, I started one right away because Molly is um, just trying to get this one out of my hands so she can read it next. This is Tessa Bailey's. She's almost done with the matzo ball. That's why. <laughs> This is Wreck the Halls. Um, This is about two, a boy and a girl who um, their mothers were bandmates in sort of, it almost feels like, um, oh my God, my brain is mushrooms. Sort of. Um, They had a falling out in the 90s. We don't know what happened, but there was an incident on a tour and they have both grown up um, in both in the spotlight, but very differently. He's handsome. He can handle the cameras. She has been poked and prodded and her appearance picked apart. And so she now works um, restoring YA books in like the depths of a bookstore. And they come back together now that they're 30 because he's being blackmailed and he needs money. And this producer says, we're going to live stream for the next two weeks, the two of you trying to reunite your mothers for like a Christmas Eve performance sounds so juicy yeah it's good i'm only 100 pages in but i'm enjoying it so that's me so funny is while we were walking around the bookstore steph very quickly made her selections and i was more meandering so i said oh what did you grab and she holds up this book and i was like that is literally what i came here to purchase like excellent now you can get that and i can get something else that's fantastic um so i've been doing a bunch of reading for school um because the whale rider i hadn't read it before i found out i was going to be teaching it this year so i've been doing my due diligence on that and marking up my text and doing my model notes and all of that and it is a really good story and um it's about a girl who is an indigenous she's in an indigenous tribe this was a movie wasn't it yes it was oh i saw the movie um, so it's about a girl who's an ind- indigenous tribe in New Zealand and, um, spiritually they believe in this whale rider, this person that like was kind of the dawn of man, um, who mastered riding a whale. And so she kind of gets this like calling to do it, but in terms of gender roles, it's not really appropriate for her. And so, um, she is like on this journey and you learn you i've had to teach a lot of like background knowledge about new zealand and creation stories and respecting people's beliefs and you know doing doing all of that so i've spent some time tangoing with that text um and then i got my paws on iron flame when steph finished it and I really want to hand it off to Molly. So now I'm reading that. 
I am a little over halfway through and it has gotten so good that I am texting Steph like every 40 to 50 pages because it's that good. There's just like, there's people that pop up from the past and there's people that do things you don't expect them to do. And I'm just like having all these jaw dropping moments and I keep being like, this is the climax. No, this is the climax. No, this is the turning point. This is it. That's it. And you haven't like, gotten there then. Every single person has like a big moment and there's some big reveals and like there's people that you're waiting for them to find out the truth about certain things and then they do and you're like, mic drop, like this is so good. And so that's been really, really entertaining and I'm hoping to maybe finish it tonight or tomorrow because we're recording another podcast Wednesday and my goal is to give it to Molly then. But and it's I still like 250, 300 pages to go. And I just prefaced that the last two chapters are the big, you know, final fireworks thing. That's what I expected to happen. Yeah, it it ends on a bang. I am really excited. So don't don't start reading at like eight p.m. is what I'm saying. Like start earlier. Oh, I'm gonna go to the grocery store, and then my whole plan is just to read this book. <laughs> I also was saying right before we started recording that I have been dodging spoilers left and right on Instagram because people are creating content up a storm about this second book. So I am like bobbing and weaving away from all those Instagram reels so that I can just wait to be surprised. I must be following the wrong people because I have not seen one damn thing about it. Well, you'll see them all once we are oh, ready yeah, to talk. Molly about told them. us that she's been saving them. I've been saving them all to share with all of you on our Instagram account, which is actually quite a perfect segue. Um, if you want to keep up with us, everything that we're doing, all the bookshops we're visiting, the stuff we're reading in real time, all the hilarious memes and reels that are all about reading, um, give us a follow on Instagram over at, at plans are booked. That's all one word. We would love to hear from you. We want to know what books you like to gift, what you're hoping to get this holiday season. We'll put up a couple uh, question boxes when this episode goes live so you can share your best with us and then we'll share it with everyone else. Also, we love email. So you could email us at plansarebooked at gmail.com. If you have any ideas for podcast topics, books that you feel like we should read, books that you're like, just skip these, they're not worth it. That also is a time saver for us. So send us an email. We would love to hear from you. And until next time, our plans are booked.